The Northern Lights, based on your pictures on Thursday night, were spectacular, even within the city limits. We spoke to somebody who says outside the city, they were as bright as she's ever seen. It's Friday, which means our weekly Gab with Gabby, and it means the Couch Potatoes Assemble. And this week, a special treat. I had a full review of John Wick Chapter 4. Big weekend at the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra, Harry Potter. They're playing the music live while you get to watch the fifth movie, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. And a Vancouver man is fighting a $3,000 parking ticket because the arm for the parkade wouldn't lift, so he lifted it himself, and it broke. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb, who is off today. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Friday, March 24th podcast for the start. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off today. I'm off on Monday as we burn through what's left of our 2022 vacation before they say, well, you didn't use it, so you lose it. Um, and <clears throat> I don't like use it or lose it propositions. I don't either. I don't either. You know, I, you know I'm, I'm not, not going to have a gripe with my employer on the air right now, but in an <laughs> overall sense, use it or lose it, lose it propositions, especially when it's something that you've earned. Yeah. You know, like uh, rewards, let's say, uh, uh, for, for uh, a reward program from a retailer. Hold on. Why are you putting a time restriction on that? In Manitoba, gift certificates were allowed to once upon a time expire. expire. They're not anymore because they're a form of, in in essence, of legal tender, right? They don't have an expiration date. They never should have had an expiration date on them. Yeah, that was bunk. That was bunk. Remember the uh, (laughs) the Air Miles fiasco? Oh, yes. Because didn't a whole bunch of people cash out only to then, and then they did their above face? Yeah, of course, right? Imagine you were among those who cashed out. I'd be, you know what? Feel free to let us know, by the way, if that if you did cash out and were you able to at least get something for your air miles. I still, I've been collecting air miles tw- over twenty years. I have no idea what's in there. Uh, no idea. No. Have you ever looked? Like, it, like go online and I think I looked once, expecting that I would have more, and it wasn't even close. Like I had nothing. <laughs> I, I, I had, bare, I think I had enough to get me to Charleswood. <laughs> <laughs> like I couldn't. I was like, "What? How do I have?" Because you know, I, every time I went to Safeway, swipe the air miles. Every time I would go to the LC, swipe the air miles. Uh, Shell Station, you can get air miles there. Um, so I would, but it's to be fair, it has been years since I've checked. Oh, so maybe check. you might, you know, you I might, might have enough to get to Brandon now. Maybe some free luggage. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, you show up at uh, Richardson International Airport with your ticket. This is my air miles ticket to Brandon. Oh yeah, you got to go to St Andrews Airport. <laughs> For that, we don't serve Brandon out of here, <laughs> peasant. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been spending enough money, Mr. McGarry. And, and uh, although it irks me now that uh, Safeway um, oh, has scene. gone, to, they, they switched to scene. Yeah, I guess Safeway and Sobeys because that's my nearest grocery store, so I wa- will just walk next door. But I think one time since they made that switch several months ago, there was one time where I actually got points because I don't know, how, I don't know if there's like a minimum purchase amount you must. Spend oh. to get the points, or if there are certain I I haven't looked into it, but there was one time where I actually got points, and I thought, oh, okay, because usually I'll buy three, four things enough that I can carry home while I'm walking. So I don't know if I just need to spend more money in, in one time. I have no idea what the rules are on that. We have one that we share, and I uh, have the barcode on my phone, 
And the other day when I was purchasing groceries, would you like $10 off? Yeah, I keep getting that. Yeah, so that's good. So you're, you're collecting points somewhere along the way. Yeah, well, most of them, I think I'd already accumulated them at Cineplex. So, so, so you'd had them in the bank, yeah. And uh, here, here, Safeway is uh, looking like the hero. Oh, can we give you ten dollars off for points you've been collecting for nearly a decade? No, I'm going to keep those points and redeem them for a free movie because that's how that started. And I guess I'm just going to be old and stubborn on that front. But yeah, let us know about the Earmiles thing if you cashed out two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Coming up in our next segment, we're going to hear from Global Weather Specialist Drew Stremick. I took a look at the two week forecast this morning, and I got to tell you, I was not thrilled with it. Spring is here, but where is it? It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off today. Thank you very much to all who are sending all their pics of the Northern Lights last night, which were Magnificent. We got a couple of pictures like taken from, and I've already lost track of who sent it. It was taken from their deck downtown near HSC, and you could see the northern lights clear as a bell. This is that, that's from Sam. So we're I'm just working on harvesting some of these picks, and we're going to pop them up on our Instagram in the next thirty Holy to forty five minutes. Uh, but just incredible. So thank you very much for that. Also, uh, just a driving note here from Rick who says, driving on Highway 2 from Rathwell. Uh, I just checked. I pulled over and checked the 511 site, and it says blowing snow, slushy, ice-covered. The highways are basically bare, no blowing snow. This was updated at 619, so I don't know what highway they're looking at, but it is not this one, just around Starbuck, and there's a little bit of ice covered, but no blowing snow, no slush. But we are seeing a mixed bag because we had that note earlier from Dale saying that uh, Highway 6 from Grass Auto, the perimeter, worst black ice he's ever seen in decades. Right, and so that goes to the conversation about the accuracy of the information we're getting at 511. That's been a topic of discussion throughout this winter since they made the change and obviously we're we're doing our best to to get some information as to how often that website is updated and and how valid that information is at times. I know it's a source of frustration especially for people who drive this time of the day, Brett. People might be driving in the overnight hours in in the very early morning hours because highways doesn't necessarily have people out there monitoring all the highways at all times. In fact, we know it's pretty much quite the opposite. The overnight hours, they are very much stretched thin. So we appreciate when you uh, update us at any time, but very critical in these overnight hours when uh, people are are heading to work and trying to get their jobs done. So keep the information coming, if you will, 204 780-6868. Also, if you're in Adam's boat, I just want to mention this quickly because Adam says, I'm not sure if we'll catch your breakdown of John Wick Chapter 4 at 735. Me and all my movie buddies are going to see it tonight. Should we be worried about being disappointed? The short answer is not at all. The last hour in particular is insane, but more details at 735 when the couch potatoes assemble. Right now, we want to talk about how the province of Manitoba announced this year. It plans to move forward with the process of twinning 
the 17-kilometer stretch of the Trans-Canada Highway. The area is a narrow two-lane highway that has seen serious and fatal collisions over the years, including a 2019 collision that took the lives of a father and son from Dryden, Ontario. So that's the last section of the Trans-Canada Highway that remains to be twinned, essentially uh, to the Ontario border from around Falcon Lake. The news is music to the ears of long-distance truck drivers and those who use the highway on a regular basis. As Global News reporter Marnie Blunt tells us, not everyone is dancing. Let's head out to the gate. For Devin and Kendra Imry, it's a peaceful living and way of life. Come on, Trigger. Come on, June. Running their ranch and business and raising their family in the Whiteshell Provincial Park. We're second generation owners. It's been in our family since 1978 and it was originally began in uh, 1963. But being on the edge of the number one highway leaves them also on edge. The Trans-Canada is kind of on our doorstep here. The province is planning to twin the Trans-Canada Highway from Falcon Lake to the Ontario border. The Emery's say they understand the need for twinning the highway amid major safety concerns. But with about 200 metres between the highway and their doorstep, they have major concerns about its path, with a vast trail network for the ranch and rental cottages and their home nearby. I think it's legitimate that the highway does get twinned, but it does affect our uh, livelihood, the highway being right next door to us, and uh, our way of life as well. This as the province of Ontario gets work underway to twin the Trans-Canada on the other side of the border. A massive undertaking cutting out a large swath of trees and moving major Canadian shield clips. And much like the Ontario side, the Trans-Canada here also runs through bottleneck areas between lakes like Falcon and Barron. In an emailed statement to Global News, the province said they will be seeking feedback from stakeholders and Indigenous rights holders, including directly affected landowners. It goes on to say that works will not begin until public engagement for the design studies are completed. A part of the planning process the Imrys hope to be involved in. What we worry is that, you know, uh, an engineer picks the route, uh, you know, sitting at their desk and has never been out to talk to businesses in the area. The province is currently reviewing design proposals for the project and once a contract is awarded, then two studies will be conducted which are expected to take a few years. After then, they'll officially release an estimated timeline and price tag. Marty Blunt, Global News. So Brad, improvements to that stretch of the Trans-Canada Highway, the last piece of the highway in Manitoba, which is not four-lane divided, have been needed for decades. The Emery's the family featured in that story, story clearly get that. In fact, they support it. I, I, but I can't help but but feel for them. Their business is a genuine attraction, which sells the park, attracts people trying to get away from it all. But the closer the highway gets to them, the less attractive their offering potentially becomes. And just a reminder, I guess, that progress always comes at a cost. But this just highlights that it has an impact we don't necessarily consider we saw this when they were getting ready to do the underpass at Waverly with the nearby businesses that were severely impacted on that. And I think, didn't they, they end up having to make accommodations? I think to, it was for one of the parking lots yeah. on the uh, south side of Taylor. Yeah. 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 So they, so I think they, they sort of found a solution there. But yeah, and that's a great point when you say that progress does come at a cost, and especially when you highlight 
as you did earlier, the the number of colli- or the fatal collisions we've seen on that stretch over the years. I've I've driven, I've I've only driven that a couple of times. I've driven out to Falcon Lake to golf a couple of times. I've gone out to West Hawk Lake, and honestly, I have one time since I was a kid, and it was about five years ago. Drove out uh, just past Kenora, and I remember thinking like. For the number one highway, this feels pretty tight. It is pretty tight. And, of course, people will say, oh, Ontario, you know, you've got that two-lane for a long stretch, but Ontario's doing their best through the Canadian Shield, no less, to twin highway, what they call Highway 17 in Ontario. And so that'll take some pressure off, but it puts pressure in terms of the traffic, but it puts pressure on Manitoba to twin that stretch. Because the last thing you want, at least in my mind, is to be that last bastion and that's not in a good way that last stretch of two-way highway for a long long time of course from the ontario manitoba border that's the only two-lane stretch pretty much all the way to the british columbia alberta border essentially so once again manitoba not necessarily keeping its end of the bargain on on highway infrastructure but looking to, to correct that in uh in short order on Twitter where I saw World of Wheels post a picture of the mystery machine. They say the mystery machine is here. Now we just have to find those blasted kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, it's really neat to see those vehicles uh, from the cartoons and from animation brought to life and yeah. and uh, machines and vehicles that you may have only seen in the movies or on television. It's pretty cool. I haven't been to World of Wheels in a long time. Maybe it's Maybe it's time for a visit. Mystery Machine, by the way, for the uninitiated, is from Scooby-Doo. So in the meantime, a different kind of chat about vehicles, sort of. A Vancouver man is fighting a parking ticket with a fine of nearly $3,000, Greg. Yeah, the father of two is trying to get out of a parkade, and his intentions were thwarted by what he says was malfunctioning technology. Here's a chunk of a story from Sarah McDonald of Global News to tell us more. Uh, There was a car in front of us. car started to back up behind us. Nobody was coming. My son had to go to the bathrooms. But he says when the gate arm wouldn't lift and nobody answered a call for assistance, he was forced to take matters into his own hands, quite literally. Got out of the car and tried to lift the gate because I needed to get through. It didn't go up, got back into my car, eventually security came, had the gate opened up, and we all went through. I thought that was the end of it, and apparently it wasn't. That's because the company with jurisdiction over the parkade, Precise Park Link, claims Postrohovsky damaged the equipment that, according to him, already wasn't working properly and seemed to be operating just fine after the fact, slapping him with a nearly $3,000 ticket for repairs for what the company claims was vandalism. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll set that aside for a, for a moment, a potentially expensive decision for this man. He's obviously going to fight that. But have you ever had to make an expensive or risky decision to get yourself out of a, what I would call a no-win situation, Brett? 204-780-6868. We have Jets tickets to give away for March 31st. That's next Friday against the Detroit Red Wings. So let's go around the horn here. Jeff Braun, why don't we start with you? Good, sir. 
Uh, I, I've got this screen door at my condo, and unbeknownst to me, when I first move in, the little lock on the screen door actually works. It's a, there is a lock on there, and I accidentally locked it on my way out, and there's no key for that screen door. <laughs> and so I was like, well, got to get in. So I just took a key and cut the screen along the edge so I could reach in underneath there and open the door. And that was, oh, I would say 2011, and I still haven't fixed it. Really? It's still ripped. (laughs) Every summer I wait for a... You know, someone from the condo association to come and say, uh, that's ugly. Why don't you fix that rip in your screen? I've been told it's very easy to do, and I, have, I won't do it until I move. Brett, or Jeff, I have <laughs> screen in stock in my garage, and I probably even have the spline that you need and everything. Come I, on the down. The gasket, I'd be happy to fix <laughs> it for you. <laughs> Jeff Fortier, Master Control, you got something for us? Yeah, well, I believe I've told this story before about, uh, I was going... For a shower, I was living at my parents' place at the time, and their garage, it's a, an attached garage at the front of the house, and I had to throw something in the recycling bin, so I was in my gitch, I was about to go for a shower, and I open up the garage door, close the garage door behind me, so I'm in the garage, and that door locked, so there I am in the garage, in my gitch, I'm like, well, like, I got no other option besides to go into the backyard and get the, the spare key, <laughs> and so I had to open up the big garage door, peeking behind the wall to see if there's anyone around looking back and forth. I'm like, okay, coast is clear. Three, two, one, go! (laughs) I'm booking it. I had to open up the gate. I had to watch out for the the dog (laughs) landmines, you know, because the dog has a little little duty in the backyard, so I have to watch my step. Uh, The lockbox with the key in it's at the other end of the backyard. Finally got the key. I don't know if the neighbors saw me. If they did, they probably had a show to watch because it was... uh, it's quite embarrassing. What were you thinking? Going out in your gitch. I was going for a shower. I don't go to the shower fully clothed. <laughs> yeah, but why, why, why are you dealing with the garbage cans at that point in time? Just I had to throw one, something in the recycling bin. One task at a time, Jeff. I'm a multitasker. Yeah, well, you paid for it, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great, Jeff. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, Mackling, what about you? Well, I guess... Getting ourselves locked out of the house is going to be the theme here because a couple of summers ago, we'd gone up to our friend's cottage for the weekend and we have the keyless entry into all the doors in our house except for one and that's a sliding patio door. And so, you know, we jam something in between the patio door so when we're away for a couple of days, you can't get into the house whether you have a trick or a key or like it's impossible. So the front door, the batteries died on the keyless entry. So we get into the garage and guess what? Similar situation in the door on the door between the garage and the and the house. And bottom line was I had to take a crowbar, a heavy hammer, like I basically destroyed this three hundred dollar keyless entry keypad to get into my house because I had no other options and I felt horrible doing it and it wasn't easy. So I felt really good after replacing it going, well, it'll be really tough for anybody to get in this house if they want to made a lot of noise. All the neighbors, what are you doing? Eh, Had to tell the story about six times about how stupid we were that we didn't have a key cut for our house because we counted on that never failing technology batteries. (laughs) 
And for me, I got a bunch that popped to mind here, but a fun one is was on my 30th birthday and my mom had arranged for my friends and I a scavenger hunt throughout Transcona. So she gave us a list of items that we needed to get. Some of them would potentially be in our own possession, but others were we'd have to go out and find them. So we started at my parents' place and then we all scattered. So I, at the time I was living with my friend Burkus and he, I guess, had the same idea as I did. He booked it to his house with his team, and then we got there shortly after. So when I got to the back door, it didn't open. And I thought, did these guys, did these guys lock me out? Because they knew that I was coming next. <laughs> so they locked the back door, I guess, but I didn't have enough time to really process it. I just thought, what's happening here? And then I just... Hulk smashed it and opened and the door just ripped the door open. <laughs> and then he says, dude, did you just break the door? Like, I don't know. Did you lock me out? Yeah. Like, okay. Then yes, I broke your door. <laughs> Question from one of our listeners concerning debit cards this morning. Yeah. Dave says this debit card machines are down cash only at McDonald's this morning seems widespread as I tried two different ones. I wonder how many merchants are affected. Dave, thank you for your text. 204-780-6868. I'm on the site that reports uh, Interact outages and they, they seem to be uh, have spiked a little bit this morning. Uh, however, uh, no you know widespread outages are necessarily being reported online at this point. So we ask you, are you having issues at places other than McDonald's this morning? Quite often this is where news stories start from you letting us know what you're seeing when you're out and about and starting your day. And what website is that? It is downdetector.ca. Okay, good to know. Downdetector.ca. Also, we got Jets tickets to give away for next Friday's game against the Red Wings. We're asking you, just like this guy in Vancouver who's fighting a $3,000 parking ticket because he was trying to get out of a parkade and the arm wouldn't move, so he lifted the arms. Was that you? Forte? Somebody playing some Goo Goo Dolls by the sounds of it. Um, but uh, anyway, so Jared, what does Jared say? I had my uh, garage door come unplugged. So the large door wouldn't open and the man door, which we don't have a key for, somehow managed to lock. Needless to say, had to kick the door open and bust the frame. Jared says three years later, I still have a broken door frame. But on the bright side, can't lock anymore, which is Perfect. And I remember this wasn't my situation per se, although I was there, but I remember Manitoba Marathon. I've I've talked about this before. I got assigned to to follow some kids from Weston School on Logan, and it was a super fun day. But when we were coming back from the marathon, this was, I think, around 9.30, and we were in the bus. We were on Osborne heading northbound, and we stopped in front of the ledge, and we weren't moving. Five minutes go by, 10 minutes go by, 15 minutes go by, 20 minutes go by. And then I, I finally, they're asking, looking to me, like, do you know what's going on? 
And it turns out it was the marathon. They, the marathon was running on Broadway. It was, they were coming from the west, crossing Osborne, heading towards the east. So the police were blocking traffic in all directions. And they weren't letting anybody through. So the kid, So what they had to do while I went to talk to the police at the corner, and they were, he, the, the officer was not happy with me for approaching him. He's like, get, up, get, get back, because he's just doing, doing his job, trying to make sure that everybody's safe. But um, they had these teachers had to start essentially evacuating the kids into the ledge because they all had to go to the can. <laughs> of course. Because they're elementary kids. Yes, and uh, that window of opportunity is often small when it comes to smaller bladders. One of our listeners said he took a stop, a pit stop on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere, locked his car by accident, had to get in touch with a locksmith, said it was the um, most expensive, I'm going to paraphrase here, pit stop he's ever had to make. Let's talk movies, Mr. Forte, if you please. (laughs) I love the flurry at the beginning. Jeff Braun, you're the big uh, Mission Impossible fan. What do you think? That was fantastic. I like that the uh, recorder bit wasn't even trying to keep on time with the the beat underneath, but it was close enough. Excellent. So we'll talk movies. We're also going to talk TV in a moment because I know Mackling's excited about what's coming back to HBO this weekend. But I have a spoiler-free review for... John Wick. Chapter 4. You ready, John? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so subdued, so soft-spoken. Okay, for the un- Jeff Braun, before we talk about John Wick Chapter 4, for those who might not know, who is John Wick? Uh, John Wick is played by Keanu Reeves. He is a master assassin. Uh, he specializes in something we call gun fu and he uh just uh he is for hire but uh in this film series he's been uh out for redemption slash revenge uh and he's just been taken on the bad guys and it's a, a one man versus an army of henchmen and it's among the most thrilling things we've ever seen in theaters pretty much yeah the first one came out in 2014 and was just like everybody was like Keanu Reeves, hey? And who's who's this John Wick? But it turned out to be this amazing action movie, just a simple revenge flick that sort of hinted at a larger world with this weird sort of secret underworld society of assassins, and they really expanded on that in chapters two and three. And now we're at four, and uh, we get more of the insanity. No one. Not even you... So I'm not going to, as far as plot details go, like if you like these movies, does it really matter? But I will tell you that he, John Wick is now taking on the head group of this assassin organization, The High Table. And the question is, how was it? I saw it yesterday afternoon and I can confirm to you that they managed to turn up the action to 11 and beyond coming in at a whopping two hours and 49 minutes The action starts almost immediately and rarely lets up. And with that time length, it should have been exhausting, but it wasn't. And then when they did slow down for a moment to let you catch your breath, 
It was the 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 shots they used were just wonderful. Like the these movies always looked cool, but this this one felt the most cinematic because like there's one shot where Ian McShane is walking through, I don't know, I guess some sort of an art gallery, and he's clearly walking to talk to the the big bad guy. But they follow him walking along these paintings for like 30 seconds. It's just him walking and you listening to him with his dress shoes on the the, the hard floor. It was like, this is so relaxing. It was the perfect sort of way to just take a breath after the last crazy action scene. But yeah, it was visually stunning and inventive. The final hour has three straight action sequences that are so bananas. They're like nothing I've ever seen. And the movie carries more emotional weight, way more than chapters two and three, especially after the recent real-world death of co-star Lance Reddick, who plays the kindly concierge of the Continental Hotel. And as always, it is a pleasure having you with us again, Mr. Wick. This is Hollywood action cinema at its finest. And heads up, there is a post credit scene. They usually don't do those in these movies. I give it four and a half couch cushions out of five for John Wick Chapter 4. Jeff Braun, when are you going to go to see it? Uh, I've got my tickets, I think, uh, sometime this weekend, either tomorrow or Sunday afternoon. i got to double check, but I am set. Absolutely. So the question I always have with these series, with these, well, what comes after a trilogy? Quadrilogy. (laughs) (laughs) With this quadrilogy, is it mandatory you see the other three films before you see this one? Because there will be people tempted to skip the homework. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I would say it's mandatory. You could still go in and enjoy it. There, There is enough kind of explanation as to what's happening, but you you might be lost. You might be confused. It's one of those things like, hey, with, with the Harry Potter, and actually after Global News at 8 o'clock, we're talking to the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra because they're doing the Harry Potter, the fifth movie in that series tonight and tomorrow. But I watched those out of order. I started with part three and then part two and then part one. And then I sort of went through the books. So and I still enjoyed it. So you I, you probably could, but I yeah, I would start with the first one if you can. Because the, the, the appreciation, it'll, it'll have way more emotional resonance. Perfect. So John Wick Chapter 4. And we're all of us excited about what's coming to your television on Sunday. One of the most acclaimed shows on TV, Season 4 of Succession. Everything I try to do, people turn against me. I'm a hundred feet tall. These people are pygmies. Love this theme song. Mackling, I know you like you like this show, right? You watch the show? This is Young and the Restless on cocaine, steroids, and <laughs> Crown Royal straight up. This is, if you like the business side, and that's what draw, has drawn me and kept me kind of in the loop of the Young and the Restless for all the years, is the, the quote-unquote realism. This is real realism in terms of the business world. Yeah, I love this show. So it's about uh, this giant... Media conglomerate who is led by Brian Cox. He is the family patriarch. The first season started, the series started with him set to step aside and hand over the reins to one of his kids. But last second, he said, Nah, I'm not going anywhere. And that set up an internal family power struggle. They are so dysfunctional. They are all disgusting human beings. 
And it's just mesmerizing to watch how awful they are to each other. The writing is good. The acting is good. The music is great. And uh, can't wait. Bron, are you you're, are you excited, sir? I'm very excited. I can't say, wait to see what uh, Cousin Greg uh, has to contribute this season. He's always the high point. He's just uh, comedy. Um, really, he's, I just find him really funny. Yeah, he's sneaky good. Yeah. He's sort of he's a scene stealer, a, st- a scene stealer for sure. It's also and a Bron. It's just in. Oh. <laughs> Is Nicholas Braun in real life? Well, how about that? That, So that makes sense. You're a scene stealer as well (laughs) on a regular basis on this show. And I just, uh, Brett, the whole idea that these people are so deplorable, yet the story is so engaging. Like, there's there's no redeeming qualities really about any of them. Just when you think, oh, there, I'm seeing a side. Oh, no, there it goes. Like the Sopranos or something like that, you know? (laughs) A little less violent. Should also mention as well, there's another popular show returning this weekend. It's called Yellow Jackets. This is on Crave in Canada. It hails from Showtime in the United States. And this is a show about a group of women who, as teenagers, they survived a plane crash and uh, some bad things happen and they're dealing with the repercussions 25 years later. So everything I heard about season one was fantastic. I don't know that I've ever had more people ask me about a show than Yellow Jackets. Hey, did you watch Yellow Jackets? Have you watched Yellow Jackets? Like, no, I haven't watched Yellow Jackets yet. And now that season two is here, I'm kind of kicking myself for not getting on that train. Never too late. No, that's that's the great part about streaming. You can binge and you can be caught up. And how many episodes in that first season? Probably ten. Yeah. So yeah, in a weekend you can be caught up, right, Brett? That's a good, potentially a good plan. Don't so yellow jackets off. tonight. Don't slack off. You have a job to do. <laughs> and by the way, I did manage to stay awake through all of John Wick Chapter Four, in spite of its two-hour and forty-nine-minute runtime. So, and by the way, the podcast for the Couch Potatoes will have our both of our full reviews next week we did sort of a tee up this week and the podcast is available at cjob.com or anywhere you get your favorite podcast or listen to the show 12 o'clock Saturdays 12 o'clock Sundays on CJOB Jeff Braun thank you very much sir you betcha It is a big weekend at the Centennial Concert Hall. A magical weekend with the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra because one of the most popular weekends of the year for the WSO, Harry Potter is back. They will be performing the musical score live while you watch the fifth film in the series, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Two shows, one tonight, one tomorrow night. Let's say hello to the man who will be conducting these shows. Julian Pelicano returns to the start. Julian, wonderful to have you on the program. Thanks so much. Always a pleasure to be with you guys. Well, we like to customize things when possible. And before we talk Harry Potter, when you used to come and visit us in studio in the before times, we used to bring you on with music from Tino Puente. Do you remember the song? I do remember the song. What is it? It was, uh, it was, uh, the song is called Palante, which is from the Palante record by Tito Puente. I totally, it's the only time I've ever had theme music. So it really, uh, it's very memorable for me. Okay. Well, we'll see if we can get you to play that out for you on the way out. And then we'll, uh, we'll put that in our mental notes for the next time we have you back. So <laughs> this weekend, how big a deal is this weekend for the WSO, Julian? It's a huge deal because uh, we've been on this project now for several years, uh, performing all of the Harry Potter films live uh, with the film and with the symphony on stage. And of course, we were we had to take a break there during uh, 
during the pandemic time, but we're back at it now. Last year we had uh, the fourth film, and this year we're back with the the fifth film. So this is a long-term project for us, and uh, people are here in Winnipeg. Our audiences are really enjoying it, and so are we in the orchestra. So it's it's really a wonderful weekend for us. Julian, we often speak to you about the efforts that the WSO is making to introduce symphonic music to younger people, but we want to turn that conversation just a little bit on its ear for just a second. What might it be like for some of your younger musicians who potentially grew up with Harry Potter and these films to be playing the score alongside the film this weekend? I mean, it must be incredible. You know, I, I by the time the Harry Potter films came out, uh, I was already in my 20s, so uh, that puts so everyone knows uh, how old I am now. It'd be like for me, uh, you know, conducting uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark or uh, ET or something like that. I mean, I know from I've done the, I've done some of those films, and um, it's an incredible experience. You know, you're playing it in the orchestra, you're conducting it like I like I am. And you kind of feel like a, a kid again, you know, and that's part of, uh, I think, why these films are so appealing. You know, you you come back to it as an adult or you're a parent and you're bringing your kids. Maybe you've read them the books and you remember that time that you first spent with those, these stories. But now you're experienced it, experiencing it in a totally different way. I mean, live symphony orchestra playing the score uh it really, uh, it really doesn't get more unique than that, and uh, so it's a different experience. But uh, it's totally immersive, and um, and it just brings you back. So maybe just to walk us through the process a little bit here, because if you, so, there, the, there's a big screen behind the symphony that you can watch the movie on. The symphony's on the stage, but with for you, you're looking down not just at a sheet of music, but you've also got sort of a, I think a, like a computer monitor in front of you with a timer, right, to to sort of map out the timing of the film. Yeah, actually, uh, the way so the way it works, uh, so we have a massive film, like the standard size uh, film screen. It's right up. It's actually right above my head, which is a little unnerving, to be perfectly honest. But it brings it closer to the audience. But you can still see the orchestra. The orchestra spread out on the stage. It's a massive orchestra for this film, and uh, and yeah, I have the full musical score, which means I have the music for all the instruments, the conductor score. But in addition. I have a monitor that only I can, well, that the orchestra can't see, but I can see it. And it uses a system which is called punches and streamers, which is the same system that they would have used when they were recording the music in the recording studio when they were first putting the film together. So I'm actually using the same material that they used when they created the film. I know you've got some things planned for later on this year, including a performance at Burton Cummings Theater. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give you four words to contemplate: "Phantom of the Paradise." Okay, I'm just gonna leave it there. You think about it. It was a hit in, in Winnipeg. It was beloved here, but you're doing some very special things uh, in the upcoming year, including something at Burton Cummings Theater for Halloween. That's right. Yeah. Well, this is. So Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix is the last screening of our uh, BMO uh, Night at the Movie series uh, with the WSO. But next year on our film series, it's really exciting. At Halloween at the Burt, we've got the original 1931 Frankenstein uh, coming uh, to, to, uh, to Winnipeg, I think for the first time with the symphony. So that's going to be really cool. Uh, we also have Frozen live in concert with the film. 
Um, we have, uh, of course, Harry Potter uh, 6, The Half-Blood Prince. That'll be continuing our series. And then uh, right around the weekend of May the 4th, we're going to be bringing Star Wars Episode 4 live on screen with the symphony at the concert hall. Yes, Star Wars. So that's May, around May 4th, 2024? That is correct. Oh, man. I got to tell you that uh, we got to go. But that was easily one of the greatest moments of my career when the couch potatoes got to be a part of Star Wars versus Star Trek with uh, the symphony. Uh, so thanks for having us for that and for the superhero showdown. Hopefully we can be back on stage with you sitting on a couch eating potato chips one day down the road. But Julian Pelicano, are there any tickets left for this weekend? There are a few tickets left. There's not many, but there are a few. So if you can if you can snatch them up, uh, please join us. All right. Julian Pelicano joining us live from the symphony. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Julian Pelicano is the conductor for this evening's event and for tomorrow's event, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix at the Centennial Concert Hall. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off today. Hey, by the way, our question of the day at cjob.com for Mr. Furnace. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace at 204-832-6243. Question that's up right now. Do you use TikTok? I've never used it and probably never will. At last check, 85%. Not anymore. I deleted it. Just uh, about 8.5% and 6% say I still use it. So cast your vote on that at cjob.com. By the way, yesterday morning's question, how are you feeling about the allegations that Liberal MP Han Dong secretly advised a Chinese diplomat in 2021 to delay freeing the two Michaels? 63% said outraged. 21% said I need more information. 11% said politics as usual. And 5% said I don't care. Similar results as well on Twitter and Instagram. So thanks to all for participating at cjob.com and on social media for Mr. Furnace. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace, 204-832-6243. And many thanks to all who are sharing images from all across Manitoba, including a just a spectacular shot from Cranberry Portage from Ed. That's way up north. We're going to put that on our Instagram momentarily here. Um, and just it's across CJOB, across social media, spectacular. Yeah, the Aurora Borealis last night, Brett, created a light show that one of our next guests says are the best she has ever seen. And she pays very close attention to this. And our second guest says in his Facebook post from about 11 hours ago, Northern Lights right now, visible even through suburban light pollution. Let's say good morning to Dr. Heather Heinem, naturalist, educator, artist, and interpreter based in Winnipeg. Good morning, Heather. Good morning. You're playing the role of a country mouse for us this morning and (laughs) and playing the role of city mouse, our good friend from the planetarium at the Manitoba Museum, Scott Young. Good morning, Scott. Good morning. How are you doing? Doing well. This is just a a wonderful way to wake up this morning. My only regret is that I missed seeing the Northern Lights with my own eyes this morning. So, Heather, let's start with you. Where were you last night and can you try and put into words what you saw? Sure, I'm. I'm still there now. I'm. I'm on the shores of Lake Winnipeg, um, currently up around Grindstone. I'm looking towards Hecla Island as we speak. Um, it was unreal. I mean, I've I've spent a lot of time standing around in the dark over the last 20 years, and I've I don't think I've ever seen quite so much amazing lights that you can see with the naked eye. I was literally jumping up and down in the middle of the lake, laughing to myself for about an hour. 
I know we've seen some pictures. The green is the most prominent color, but uh, Brett mentioned the breathtaking picture shared from uh, to us from Ed up in Cranberry Portage. Did you see any other colors, Heather? Yeah, there was lots of purples, uh, especially early on in the evening as the sun was going down. Um, there was a big, brilliant moment of red that you could see with the naked eye um, somewhere around, probably sometime around 1030. Um, so yeah, there was there was definitely quite a lot of, a lot of variation in in light color last night. And Scott, as far as being able to see this in the city, like that's kind of unusual, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I I live in the suburbs and uh, I don't have the great uh, country skies that Heather has, and so I often live vicariously through other people's photographs. But I went outside last night to to set up my telescope, and instead I saw these pillars of light coming out of the north and. Uh, like they were really bright they were unmistakable the color wasn't as visible to the unaided eye here in the city because of all the light pollution but as soon as i got the camera out uh those those glorious greens and and reds started to come in and it just exploded from there so my plan changed and i went full into uh watching the northern lights (laughs) we actually got a picture from uh, tara uh a picture taken at the intersection of main street north main and inniskillen with a Burger King in the background and the northern lights raining down on the city there. And one of our listeners sent a picture of the northern lights from the camera set up on their back deck, and they live near HSC. So right in the heart of the city, uh, we were seeing the, the northern lights. Scott, for those that don't know, and, you know... I can't say with any great amount of certainty that I'd be able to tell people what the Northern Lights are after all these years in 30 (laughs) seconds or less. Can you do it? Yeah, you know, it's basically stuff from the sun. The material from the sun is is, uh, hitting the Earth's atmosphere. And luckily, our our magnetic field of the Earth shields us from any harmful effects. But that energy has to go somewhere. And it collects up near the North Pole and down near the South Pole, because that's the way magnets sort of do their thing. And that energy makes the air in those areas glow in the dark. And so the more active the sun is on a given day, the more um, motion you have in those lights. And also the, the farther south they can be seen. This was seen all the way down in the United States and stuff like that. It was, I think, the most intense um, show in the last six years or so. So it was really something special. And Heather, are you hoping to see more of this tonight? I hope so. And actually, just further to what Scott said, I was seeing lights south of me yesterday. So they were they were extending way past where I normally normally see them. Yeah, and yeah. I do hope to see them again tonight if, if, the, if the clouds behave. Yeah, that's the one main thing. Of course, this happens up above the cloud layer in, in our atmosphere. And so if it's cloudy, we can't see it from the ground. Uh, forecast doesn't look great tonight, but maybe tomorrow as well there'll be some re- residual uh, effect. We'll have to see. They're really hard to forecast, so sometimes it's the luck of the draw whether you get a chance to see them or not. I know that Noah has a, a, a little bit of a forecasting tool. How reliable is it? And is it uh, more past tense or, or up to the minute currently? Talk about how those forecasting tools that are out there on the Internet work, Scott. Yeah, you know, they're not great. Um, we don't <laughs> forecast the sky or the um, the solar wind and much better than we do the regular weather, in fact, probably less. I, I don't think that those forecasts are very predictable more than, say, 12 hours out. And even then, most of the forecasters missed this storm last night. It, it wasn't supposed to be as big of a deal as it, as it turned out to be. So, I, you know, it's, it, it's a good guideline, but um, 
you can't rely on them. You really just need to be watching the sky and keep your eye on the sky. And as soon as you start seeing those photographs pop up on social media, you know that <laughs> that's the time to pay attention. <laughs> Heather, you, you tweeted a picture of the Northern Lights, and you were standing behind. The, you had a camera on a tripod. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So for, for most of us, I mean, some of us will have those fancy cameras, but let's say all you've got in your in your pocket is a cell phone. Most of these cell phone cameras can be pretty cool or pretty good. Yeah. Got any tips on how to grab uh, maybe a, a better-than-normal picture if you're just using your phone? Because there are different modes and whatnot that you can yeah, switch to I- night mode or whatever. Yeah, a lot of it will depend on what you have. My phone's too old to have a night mode, so that's why I was amazed that I could even see them at all with my camera last night. But if you do have a newer iPhone or a newer Samsung or whatever, you can usually set it to night mode. You'll want to put it on something stable because what they do is they extend the shutter speed, so it'll get really shaky if you're holding it in your hand. So if you can just lie it down, prop it up on your car or prop it up on a fence or something, anything to just hold it stable long enough that you don't get a bunch of blur. Um, and that ought to, that ought to get you a good picture. Hey, Scott, we just got a text message here from Terry says, hello, three M's. The, the Northern lights signify a change in the weather. Is that, is that accurate, Scott? Yeah, not so much. I mean, I think when people see the Northern lights, it means that it's clear. And so I think the fact that it's clear <laughs> can signify a change in the weather. It's, it's our selective, uh, paying attention. But uh, the Northern Lights <laughs> happen so far above the, the, the weather that they really don't have any direct effect. So that's a correlation versus causation situation. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Heather, this, uh, you, know, you, you love Manitoba and the nature uh, in our province, and you're such a, you know uh, outspoken advocate for, <laughs> for visiting uh, places outside the, the city. This has become sort of a, a genuine tourist attraction for in sure. many parts of the world, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. It absolutely has. I mean, Churchill does an Aurora season every year, usually running from about February to the end of March. Um, but you don't have to go that far north, as we saw last night. You can just get out of the city for a little bit and get away from the light pollution and have a spectacular show. Is there, a, let's say you are in this, the city limits, is there a place mm-hmm. that would, that you, or a couple of places you, you might recommend mm-hmm. for good viewing if you just want to get like a few minutes outside the city? Well, the, the, a few minutes is hard if it's because there's a lot of light pollution that extends all the way up, but you definitely want to go north. Or east. I also recommend going east because you can get out of the light pollution a little bit faster. Um, Birds Hill's not bad, although you start to get some of the lights from um, Selkirk getting in the way sometimes. Okamak's also a very good one. Um, that's about 45 minutes out of the city. So um, those are two good spots. Um, any any country road <laughs> that you can get out to. Um, if you're living on the west side of the city, you'll have to go a little bit further if you're going west just to get out of the out of the lights. What I like to do is there are actually a, a number of, of websites you can find that actually map the light pollution, and you can kind of see how far you really need to go to get out of it. Heather, I can hear your giddiness in your voice. You were up late. You got up early to join us. And, and I, think, me up. I think you even put on your jacket, your coat, to make sure you had cell service to, to join yeah, us. I'm, so I'm, I'm sitting right on the ice right now. You are uh, wonderful. We appreciate it. If you don't mind, can you just shoot me via text a, a picture of where you're, where you're sitting right now Absolutely. so we can share it as part of our story? Thanks for, for sure. this. And Thanks uh, Scott, anytime. You're welcome anytime. And Scott, uh, same to you. We always appreciate your insight on this and and I can hear the excitement in your voice as well so we appreciate appreciate you immensely no problem thanks a lot
Dr. Heather Heinem joining us live on 680 CJOB, a naturalist, educator, artist, and interpreter based in Winnipeg, and Scott Young from the Planetarium at the Manitoba Museum. And once again, if you want to see just a handful of the pictures that have been sent to us this morning, go to our Instagram. We've got the most recent one. Once again, Ed up in Cranberry Portage managed to get a picture of the Northern Lights, all purple. I've never seen it like that. And then Dave in Lactubani, just a spectacular shot in Lactubani. And thanks earlier to listeners such as Adam and Jennifer in Rosenort and Jesse in St. Jean-Baptiste. And then back in Winnipeg, Sam near HSC and Tara on Main Street for sharing their pictures. And there's a nice shot from Eve of the sunrise across a frozen plain. And he says, good morning from Hoth. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off today, but we do have another M in the studio. Mr. Mackling, do the honors, please. She is the face, the voice, the brains, the brawn behind Global News Morning. The brawn. Well, we have our own brawn. Your brawn is a little bit different because you have to deal with the clay ham on your show. (laughs) She, uh, Global News Morning. Six till nine, Monday through Friday on CKND Television, Channel 9, Cable 12, 101 in HD, which is the best way to watch that show. No. Gabrielle Marchand. <laughs> Take that back. Let's, what, what, what was it before HD? SD? Yeah, standard def. Standard def. I want to go back to that. Let's Peasant vision Why? before that. <laughs> I like like a little blur. Standard def was like an Instagram filter on your television at all times. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of we here. We always joke that we want Instagram filters doing your news with the dog ears. It's great until it's massively inappropriate. 30 Rock <laughs> had some great jokes about that, actually, when they first, when everyone first started going to HD. Remember Tina Fey as Liz Lemon? Yeah. And then they would do the joke, the, okay, now let's get a shot of me in HD. And then she's suddenly covered in warts and all this stuff. <laughs> the uh, truth comes out. But. Well, Moonlighting, of course. Sybil Shepherd, the the rumor they put Vaseline on the on the lens yep. for her for her scenes, and then the classic scene from Tootsie when she's uh, applying to do the weather person's role, I think. And you move the camera back a little bit further, and the camera guy says to the producer, the director in the booth, "How do you feel about Cleveland?" <laughs> so yeah, you oh. mean the idea of being attractive on television with these different technologies and camera techniques is not new, but uh, (laughs) trust us. Channel 101 on your Shark Cable Box, the only way to watch this show. Yeah, you got nothing to worry about there. But I just learned something kind of tragic, Mr. Mackling. What? Uh, Because uh, as we're celebrating the explosion of Northern Lights, uh, Aurora Borealis, it localized in your kitchen. Gabrielle Marchand has never seen the Northern Lights. I know. I hate to admit that. I mean, I've seen it vividly through the wonderful photos we get from these incredible people who listen to 680CJOB. Oh, no. Mackling just put down the computer so he could give me a death stare. I'm, I, don't, I, I don't look up at the sky. I mean, I think about what's up there sometimes. Oh, that'll go down a rabbit hole. But I don't look up, I guess, and I'm not looking up at the Northern Lights. Your hometown? North Battleford. Right there in the name. North. North. Right there. It's North. in the, uh, the... We're not you, chastising you. Yes, uh, really? I, 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 just, I, I feel bad for you. Thank you. I appreciate pity. Oh, I love pity. <laughs> <laughs> I try to use it to get people to buy me vending machine treats. <laughs> feel free. I'm so sad. I've never seen the Northern Lights. Here's a Ooh. bag of hickory sticks. <laughs> <laughs> On with your day. <laughs> All right, so we had a conversation 
this week out of your home province,、oh. re- based on Regina, because we had this chat about. That's the remake of that theme song from the, was it 2008 goofy parody video, Greg? Yeah, which was just a terrible song, but it's one of those tunes that gets stuck in your head once you hear it. I've been do- singing it all week. I'm just walking around. <laughs> so it's, it's working. Experience Regina. But anyway, after、Terrible、their whole、uh, tourism, Regina changed to Experience Regina, and they got the slogans Show us your Regina and、Ooh. the city that rhymes with fun.、Um, what, what are your thoughts on that, by the way? I、me? don't. Associate me with that slogan or that city. <laughs> yeah, okay. But it, you, you said you had a story about a jingle. Yeah, you know what? Do you guys remember Everybody Loves Marine Land? Yep, it came up a bunch of times the other day. <laughs> I think we even played it on the air because it was a very catchy tune and one that some people were annoyed by from time to time. As children, we were hypnotized by it and we used to go up to Ontario. That area to visit family every summer. So we convinced my dad to make a detour to Niagara Falls. And we were so gung ho to go to Everybody Loves Marine Land that we insisted on driving all night, had to take sponge baths in the gas station bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Just a quick sponge bath. Before going to Marineland. And? Massively disappointed.、Oh, and then、no. we, we, we walked away. We were kids and like stinky kids in the backseat, needed a shower, and we left and we all were singing, Everybody Hates Marineland. <laughs> no!、Yeah. Oh no, after all of that. I know. What was so disappointing about it? It just, you know, was a bit lackluster. And then I think I felt really sad. Like I started to feel really sad for the animals in there. And then it kind of took a dark turn. Oh, that's fair. Well, they're the empathy in you. There you go. Thank you. Awkward people surprises. Another thing we talked about this week when you bump into the wrong person, or perhaps you bump into somebody, not necessarily the wrong person, but the wrong time. I continually bump into people I used to date at the worst moments. Like, why can't I be in full makeup and a ball gown when I'm running into them? It's always like sweatpants looking so haggard, wild hair. Or I'm at the liquor store, like cradling like three boxes of wine. They're like, how are you doing? I'm like, clearly not great. <laughs> how are you? Nice to see you. I'm glad I look so beautiful. <laughs> But have you ever had anybody do this? I bumped into somebody at Polo Park about、mm, just before my twins were born, so about 15. 15 years ago, I identified myself with this person. I said, Hello, is, is this you? Yes, who are you? I'm Greg Mackling. And I got the、uh, Elaine, the no, you're not, no. and the shove because、a、I was. Shove? Did they physically touch you? Yeah, because、oh、I was、gosh. about 160 pounds soaking wet in high school. And probably when I bumped into this person, I was easily 210. So it was a little bit of a shock to this individual. We didn't date, but we did spend a lot of time together. Oh, okay. <laughs> right between the lines there. What about, has that ever happened to you where you bumped into somebody and they're. Well, on the subject of the ex, I remember、uh, this would have been 2019, I think. I was walk- just out for a walk. In December on Osborne. I'm on the west, no, sorry, the east side of Osborne heading towards Confusion Corner. And I was, and I stopped to take a picture of something. I was, I think I was wearing my Blue Bombers toque. So I stopped to take a f- f- frozen selfie because I was, you know, my everything on my face was frozen. And,、uh, and then I just kept walking. And as I'm crossing Gertrude around the corner from the building at the corner, 
Uh, I see my ex has come around the corner from the parking lot and is walking. Like we are walking to the corner at the exact same time. Like basically there is there's no way to avoid this person. So I just had to keep walking and I just kind of said, hi there. And just kept going oh, and got there. the hell out of there. But it was like, come on. Like I, the that's fact a that random had, place. The fact, really the fact that I had to stop, like, had I not stopped to take that picture, I wouldn't have, the, the meeting wouldn't have happened. It was just really frustrating. It's like, come on, come on, come on, Terrible. Cosmos. You did, you did didn't even have a liquor store aisle to duck under and hide behind. That's so sad. <laughs> yeah, for like you. it's not like you're at an event or a focus place. It's just sort of like Gertrude. a random walk. Maybe the gods were trying to get you back together, yeah. McGarry. No, Universe. maybe you blew it. Uh, no, that's quite all right. All right. I made the right, the right call by carrying on. And uh, oh, we got to go. That's all the time we got, Gabby. <laughs> and we got to go. Okay, well, I can always tell when Brett takes a kind of a glance up at the at the clock and does a double take. It's like, eh, that's it. We have no more time. <laughs> we are it. out. That's all. I'll be enjoying my weekend in my ball gown and full makeup. Have a great Friday. Just in case. <laughs> Just, Just in case. <laughs> Gabrielle Marchand is the host of Global News Morning, weekdays 6 to 9 on Global Winnipeg. It happens to us all, Mackling. I've got, I've, I might have a clip somewhere of Jeff Braun saying Chance of Flowers like 15 years ago. Yes. Uh, there was one time where I said money instead of sunny. Uh, yeah, so... It, we, it happens the to prize, us all. Baby. I've got the money, that money clip somewhere. But in the meantime, we're asking you this morning for a chance to win Jets tickets for next Friday's game against the Red Wings. About a time where you you were in a situation you had to get out of, where you had to make either an expensive decision or a risky decision to fix the problem. And we have one listener who, who we're going to leave anonymous who says... Once upon a time, I had misplaced the key to my storage shed. I really needed to get in there, so I backed my truck through it. (laughs) Had there been a police report, it would have ended with the oft-heard police suspect alcohol was involved. So well told. That is just (laughs) excellent, and especially when you you convey it to a radio station, uh, that is just well done. Anonymous listener, thank you for that. Uh, Ed says, I was at Brookside Cemetery visiting my parents' gravesite. When I was ready to leave, guess what? The gates were closed after many calls to 311. In about an hour, someone came to unlock the gates and let us out. That would be unnerving. Yeah? Yeah. No kidding, but good Lord. Our winner is Amber. Amber says, last month I decided to treat myself to a day at Thermia. So I asked my son, 18, to pick up my daughter, 11 years of age, from school so that I could stay a little bit longer, stay late. He left the house and realized when he got home, forgotten his keys, tried to break through his bedroom window, but couldn't because two days before I had locked it. You see, I always tell him to lock it and he never does. He texted me, called me nonstop, but I was relaxing. And so I had left my phone in the locker and didn't reply, Brett. Oh boy. It was chilly. So my children were forced to work together to figure it out. I got a picture of them sitting in the backyard in front of the fire they built after digging out the fire pit from underneath all the snow. Eventually, one and a half hours later, his girlfriend picked them up and they waited at her place until I got home. When I called him back, he asked, why did you lock my window? I replied, so no one can break in. 
<laughs> it was a great bonding experience for them. Good for them on digging out the fire pit and, you know, to keep warm and everything. Yeah, how industrious. Yeah, them. self-sufficiency. It's a, it's a quality. It's a skill that far too many young people don't seem to have. Uh, but, uh, Amber, it looks like your kids uh, have it in spades. So, Amber, you are going to the Winnipeg Jets game on Friday, March 31st against the Red Wings of Detroit. After Global News at 9.30, we want to tell you about something really cool. I love orchids. I used to love buying orchids when I actually used to, you know, go on dates and stuff. I liked uh, buying orchids. So <laughs> there's an orchid show and sale this weekend that we're going to tell you about. But Greg, what's coming up in sports? This is not a segment of self-loathing at all, Brett. This is, this is, we're going to be okay to talk about the orchids. Oh, yeah. I love, yeah, honestly, I, you know what? I might just go buy some for myself. And it's, at, and it's at a terrific, spectacular venue.